Welcome back to the Adam Schefter podcast, the post free agency podcast in which today we'll be joined by my friend, my colleague, the great ESPN reporter, Diana Rossini, after we went through an interesting week with the Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and perhaps soon to be Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And then we will be joined by the man who is an integral part of the trade that involved the number one overall pick this year when Chicago traded the number one pick to Carolina for a package of draft picks and the wide receiver DJ Moore that the Bears insisted they would not have done the trade without DJ Moore. The new Chicago Bears wide receiver joins us today to discuss how he got the news and his reaction to playing in Chicago with his new quarterback, Justin Fields. But we start this podcast with where much of the conversation has been over the course of the past week, and that involves the soon-to-be former Packers quarterback and perhaps soon-to-be current Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Now, first things first, some basic housekeeping. A lot of people wondering when the trade is going to go through. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of movement today as we tape this midday Tuesday between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. There is a standoff between these two sides on the compensation that it would involve. And everybody's saying that each side should dig in, but there are a couple of things to keep in mind. It's not the normal course of business. And in speaking to various executives around the league, they think it is a fascinating situation in which both sides have leverage. And now we see how it all plays out. Now, for the Green Bay Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers, it would favor their salary cap to do it after June 1st. Of course, the Jets would like Aaron Rodgers in today, sooner rather than later, so that they could begin to get him acclimated to the new organization, the new offense, the playbook, his new teammates, all those factors. Everybody wants this to go away, and it doesn't look like it will anytime soon. From the Green Bay Packers' perspective, the longer they hold out on this deal, the more they resist the Jets' current offers, which seem to be rather significant at this point in time, the better it is for them in a certain sense, because if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded to the Jets until the middle of August, say, well, then there's less time to pick up the playbook, get acclimated with his new teammates, and the more it would hurt them, and then improve the draft picks, potentially, that the Green Bay Packers get in 2024. So the Packers don't feel incentivized to move on from Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't think they're particularly thrilled with the way he's talked about the organization and some of the people in it. I think it's a little bit personal with them and him right now, which is one reason they're of no mind to budge off their current stance of asking for more than a first-round draft pick back from the New York Jets. The New York Jets think, hey, we've made fair offers. Aaron Rodgers is 39. Not only that, he's got $110 million in guaranteed money due. And so for that alone, the Green Bay Packers should have to compensate the New York Jets to take on that much money in guaranteed money. We've seen other trades involving players that had high prices and high salaries that teams trading them would pay for. Like, think about Brock Osweiler. And I know Aaron Rodgers is not Brock Osweiler. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest players in NFL history. But he's still 39 with $110 million in guaranteed money. And that 
devalues the compensation that should be back due back to Green Bay, especially for a player who may play only one year. So the Jets are right in their stance that what they give up should be relatively limited for a guy who's not going to be playing in Green Bay, who wants to move on. There's a divorce going on between those two sides, and they're doing what they have to. And not only that, but the Jets are in a difficult situation in that the Packers have their president, Mark Murphy. He's retiring soon, as he's talked about. Their general manager, Brian Gutekunst, has gotten an extension recently. So neither one of them feels the urge to move off a trade anytime soon. And there is a board of directors in Green Bay. Not that it's empowered very much. It's not. But there is no owner that Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst answer to. There's no owner to step in to say, get this done. Move on. So there are a whole host of factors that slow down this process and make it such that at the time of this taping, make it seem that we will not get resolution anytime soon. Now, one inflection point would be right before the NFL draft, because if the Packers want the picks or pick in this upcoming draft to surround Jordan Love with as much help and talent as they can get, they'll complete the deal now. But we don't know how motivated they are to do that. And they certainly seem prepared to dig in and wait. And so we will continue to wait for two sides, each of which has some form of leverage. And really, in the end, the best thing is to figure out a way for both sides to get it done. For Green Bay to move off this so it doesn't linger in that organization the way that the Brett Favre situation did, where it's not pleasant for anybody, where it carries a certain stench to it that you don't want associated with your franchise. You want to move on cleanly. Aaron Rodgers has given them a Hall of Fame career. He's been a productive player for a long period of time, and they should be taking care of him in that regard. But I understand their points and why they're holding out. It makes some sense, and they feel like they do have leverage. The Jets also have leverage. They've made what seems like fair offers. For a guy that may only play a year. And so now we just wait to see how it plays out. But for the sake of everybody, we hope it plays out soon. Everybody will be in Arizona next week for the NFL's annual owners meetings. The Packers will be there. The Jets will be there. It would be great if somehow the two sides in person could sit down and figure out a solution to bring this matter to a close and to make Aaron Rodgers once and for all a New York Jet. Now, last week, there was a little bit of side. There was a little bit of a sideshow to Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee. He called out my friend and colleague, Diana Rossini, for coming up with what she reported to be a wish list of players that he wanted, which was true, which he confirmed. He called it out, but then subsequently confirmed it by saying, yes, there are players he knows, feels strongly about, and did recommend to the Jets. It was not a demand. It was not a threat. It was not anything like that. But yes, I would love to play with Randall Cobb. Yes, I would love to play with Alan Lazard. Yes, I would love to play with Mercedes Lewis and Fletcher Cox and Odell Beckham Jr. And a bunch of players and names that he did float and discuss with the Jets front office. It was not given as a demand or anything like that. But he essentially criticized Diana Rossini for calling it a wish list. Of course, I reached out to him. And as some people have heard by now, he texted back, lose my number. Nice try, though. And essentially, I was just trying to do my job. And that happened on the set as we were getting ready to go live. But let me and Diana Rossini reflect back on the events of a week ago 
and share some of those details as they pertain to the unfolding and evolving Aaron Rodgers situation with the Green Bay Packers and New York Jets. So, Diana, first and foremost, I want to credit you for inspiring me to text Aaron Rodgers to launch what became something of a little bit of a mini controversy here. And it wouldn't have happened had you not prodded me to text him on the spot and call him on the spot, which I'm thankful that you did because that was the right thing. And that's ordinarily not my MO and I'm usually not that bold and aggressive, but you pushed me a little bit and it was a good thing. And we got the answer that we really didn't want or need, but we got an answer and we were able to move on in our own separate way. So I will ask you, since Aaron Rodgers took his little jab at you and me, what has the reaction that you've received from other people been like over the course of the last week? It's definitely been a bigger story than I expected it to be uh, after Aaron responded, because look, I, I, to me, the, the story is this deal isn't done yet. I thought that's what everyone would be talking about. And the fact that Aaron said he wants to be a New York jet. I thought that's, that would be the storyline, but unfortunately I feel like, a little shrapnel hit you and I there. Um, I re I've received a lot of feedback, whether, you know, something as simple as my, my son's daycare teacher. When, when I passed my son over to her, she said, just so you know, this is an anti Aaron Rogers daycare now, uh, which I thought was really funny. And I said, no, no, it's all good. Aaron is great. He, uh, I think right now they're high for everybody. And uh, I think he misunderstood some of the, some of the words we were using to describe uh, what was going on in New York. But, you know, my family's obviously, they've, they've all heard it. And, and I live in Jets country, you know, Adam. So so this is this is even bigger here. Um, you know, I, I haven't really been able to go anywhere over the last week without, you know, I just picked up a slice of pizza 20 minutes ago. And the guy behind the counter said, hey, is, is Aaron Rodgers really a jerk? He, is he just putting on an act? I said, no, no, he's not a jerk at all. He's awesome. It's just right now I think he's frustrated that, that leaks are getting out. And I did get a message from an old soccer coach, Adam, I think you'd appreciate, um, over at George Mason where I played soccer. And he said, do you remember why we recruited you? And I said, uh, because I was a great scorer. And he said, no, actually, you're not good at scoring. You are relentless. So to hear that you raised your colleague to call did not surprise me. So it's I, I haven't changed in 20 years, Adam. You're still a relentless person, whether it's on the soccer field or in the reporting field, whatever it is, whatever field you're on. Right, Diana? I, look, I, I, I think Rogers understands that we are trying to do our jobs. And with a story of, of that magnitude, with us talking to as many people we've been talking about, I kept saying the same thing in my mind, and I eventually shared it with you, which is, why don't we include Aaron on this in this conversation? Because, you know, over the years, Adam, I, I've spoken to so many different players who I've reported on, and I've made mistakes in the past where I never reached out to them to get their thoughts on it, maybe even to find out if they could add to the story. Um, and I, and I've learned to try to include them more because I know if someone was going to talk about me, I wouldn't want them to just go based on what, you know, my best friends are saying about me. You know, I, I while I think Cassie Hubbard would probably do a great job portraying me, <laughs> uh, 
you know, I, I would really hope that someone would call me. And that that's all was really where this was all coming from. And, and I still, you know, I credit you so much for, for doing that because I think it was the right thing to do. Well, again, we were just trying to do our jobs. And it was right before we went on air. Right before. We're going to be on live TV for two hours. Trey Wingo said he's hearing it's done. Social media is a buzz with talk about Aaron Rodgers. I got every kid I ever went to high school with reaching out to me, asking if Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. And nobody wanted to say anything because everybody walks around on eggshells around Aaron, so the Jets don't want to say anything, and the Packers don't want to say anything, and his camp doesn't want to say anything, and everybody's saying, ask somebody else. So I said, well, maybe we should try Aaron. You're like, go text him. I'm like, I don't know, Di. So, again, to set the record straight, I texted him, shot him the text. I said, hey, everybody's saying to ask another person. So we're coming to you, the source, and asking, have you informed the Jets that you want to play for them this season? Thank you. Good luck with the decision, Adam Schefter. Pretty simple, pretty direct, nothing inflammatory, pretty straight down the middle. And then when he didn't respond, you once again prodded me. To yeah, go ahead, call him. Give him a see, see if he'll pick up the phone. So six, seven minutes after I texted him, when he didn't respond, I called. And on the second ring, he sent it to voicemail. And then, as we're on live TV, the text comes in that obviously I never would have brought up. I never would have said anything. Let's be very clear about that. He is the one who brought it up. All I did was confirm exactly what he said, which was lose my number, which now can be the new name of my fantasy football team, which now is on T-shirts, which now can be used for charities like to sign T-shirts to raise money. There's a lot of ways that we still can utilize this and perhaps will. But again, we reached out. He declined. He is the one who brought it up and I confirmed it. Yeah, and you were keeping it really private because you and I were the only ones. We weren't including other people, producers. We were really working in like a little a little corner there of the desk saying, all right, let's just do this. So, yeah, he certainly opened the door um, to it by responding. And, and Adam, if you recall, you share with me his response. I said to you, I think he was being playful. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. He was not being playful. He does not want me to contact him. So... I remember just obsessing over it on my drive back to the hotel that night. I'm like, I don't know, maybe Adam, maybe Aaron was wasn't being as mean because he didn't text me back. And you know, to to kind of bring this full circle, when went on Pat McAfee's show a few weeks ago and said that you don't know who he is, you don't talk to the people in his circle, and he named you again. He said Adam Schefter doesn't know no s word. Um, you could say it here, Diane. It's okay. So. <laughs> um, you know, he said that. He said, Adam Schefter doesn't know shit. And I took full advantage of that moment. And I said, Aaron, I your interview where you called out some of the insiders. Um, I am a reporter that also covers you. We've met before. Um, consider this an avenue if you ever want to speak. If there's ever something we're getting incorrectly. Um on to me um but he saw it because i've sent a few and try to be polite about it and and i know there's some people i think in our business who 
are are having a serious conversation about is it wrong cold call didn't pass along a phone number Mm -hmm. and i feel like in a normal setting in in just you know us being parents and and, in in friend circles okay maybe that applies but as journalists i don't agree with that i don't I think if you want to get information and you want to get it correct, which is what I like to think the fans want from us and our viewers want from us, then I'm going to put forth as much effort as I possibly can to get all the facts correct. Even if that means calling a future Hall of Fame quarterback who is not just a football player, but is a superstar celebrity. So, um, you know, we're taking a little heat for that, but Adam, I wouldn't change a thing of how we went about that. The only thing that I um, changed, you know, but I wouldn't even, I, I, there's a part of me that wishes that, that. What were you going to say there? What, what, what would you even think about changing? <laughs> I mean, you know, back and forth about just the response to it. And, and there's, there's really nothing for us to respond to. To me, it's, he seemed to have an issue with our aggressiveness towards the story. And he particularly had an issue with me putting out a story that he misunderstood. He assumed, I think, or or he changed my words to fit what he wanted to get across. And that that bothered me because in by doing that, it was an attempt to make it look like I was inaccurate. And that was really my only issue. Um, and, and one day I can't, you know, I, I look forward to talking to him um, at the Jets press conference if he does become a New York Jet officially. And and having a chat with him about it and, and letting him know that I never said it was demands. And you and I, you were next to me when I tweeted the story. In fact, you ran it past me. And I, and I think we kind of muted the language a little bit, right? And I said, make it a wish list, something like that, right? Which it was. These are the players he wished to play for, which he did express to the team. That's all. He's not saying, go sign this guy or I'm not coming. Just these are guys I like. And I've, which, by the way, he acknowledged thought twice and and for those listening here adam is the best at what he does because he's particular and he's obsessive about words and he didn't even blink after we came up with the sentence and it was because we because you knew i had the information and you knew i was correct and it was like well it's a wish list and and w- what is so crazy about that this is aaron Rodgers. this this isn't that salacious this isn't that um, unheard of. So um, the fact that it that it so much attention, and I really wish people didn't aggregate it and change the wording because it really took away from from, from what I thought was was a strong report from us. So um, look, I think it's going to be my duty to go to that introductory press conference, and I can't wait to hold up my hand and say. Uh, hello, Aaron. Nice to see you again. <laughs> my name is Diana, spelled with two N's. I apologize. My father doesn't know how to spell. Uh, but uh, yeah, he knows who I am. And he definitely knows who I am now. Uh, but to be clear, even before I texted him, you had reached out to him on multiple occasions and he did not respond, correct? Last year, um, when we were working on a story about whether or not he would return to the Packers, um, I had Rich Eisen show and I reported that Rogers be the highest paid player in the NFL and he wants a contract around $50 million. 
And he then went on the Pat McAfee show along with Pat and denied that. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers get paid a million dollars. So he, he knew that was my report last year. So it's unless he has mom brain like I do lately, uh, and I'm easily forgettable. I don't, I, I, I could agree and attest to that, but um, it's going to be wild run in New York for him. I think the New York media is, is a great group and they dig and they're going to ask a lot of questions, but I still think it's, I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to have no problem handling it. I think he's excited about it. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't want to be called out for that, but I think that that's a challenge that he'll embrace and he'll enjoy the interaction and the give and take and the back and forth between him and the New York media, of which there will be plenty if and when this trade can get done. So you reminded me um, of something that listeners definitely don't know or probably think about, but, you know, while GMs, coaches, owners texting you, I think people forget that you're also a normal quote person um, outside of work. So you have and friends and people all interested in the stuff that you're talking about. So in between the text messages you're getting during free agency of breaking news and, and information being passed along about contracts, you're also going through cousins, friends, uncles, roommates, college buddies, all blowing your phone up. It was ridiculous to witness that. And it was exhausting because you're having to scream these people through your phone while up against a very hard block so to speak to try to beat everybody and i don't think people realize that it's it's not like you just have a phone for football your phone is everybody and and to have that ability and, and i'm not sure how you respond to them uh i've heard you on the phone with people i don't find you to be um overly nice to people we've talked about this you're pretty you you cut to the chase with what you need but i can only imagine some of the texts you send back to your friends and family of like, stop, like stop texting me right now, especially when you're talking about a story with the, with the magnitude of, of Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets. Well, you know, I could let you in on a little secret there. Basically I got so many of them that the first time that I responded to somebody, basically what you do is you just cut and paste so that everybody who reaches out to you to say, are the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers? And I, I'm not joking. I got 50 text messages. I know I saw it. Yeah. So yeah, I just cut and pasted it. Here's the response. Here's the response. Here's the response. Here's the, it's the same response to everybody. Like, if you want to know, just put on ESPN NFL Live. Just put on Sports Center. We're on there every day. You know, like, I'm not going to be sending you this text message saying, oh, yes, it's going to get done. Don't tell anybody. We're going to wait and we're going to report this on it. Like, what are we talking about here? I, I, it drives me nuts. Um, my, my brother-in-laws and, and father-in-law, they're big Eagles fans. And... Last Friday, I'd reported that Darius Slay possibly would be getting traded. And they're texting me right, right after I tweet <laughs> for the details about it. They want the whole story so they can go <laughs> run to the guys in their office. They would probably call into the radio station, too. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it makes me laugh. But then at the same time, so here they are blowing my phone up asking me for details. But at the same time, I just saw them this weekend and they're having a full conversation about the Eagles free agency. And not one time did they look at me or include me in the combo as if I didn't know anything that oh. did, you know? So in the time, they, in the moment they needed me because they had the info, but now that it's all been settled, they're like, all right, we're going to discuss among ourselves. Uh, but it is really interesting how that works where people with personal relationships with 
with with us that have information they think that we're that we know even more and sometimes we do there are stories yeah. but i ain't telling you <laughs> well it's their loss that they didn't include you and it's also the loss of the gentleman that you say or claim to have told you to lost to lose your number right how many men have there been through the years who actually told you that Ty? does my husband count um he said it's he <laughs> your said husband it to told me. you to lose his number yeah, this morning because I'm blowing him up to go do stuff. Um, no, I look. I before I was married and I was climbing the ladder to, to to get to where I'm at. You know, I dated some fools and uh, I blocked <laughs> I blocked many, but I would definitely say more have told me to uh, to go away than I've said to go away. So, but uh, all part of it. And and look, I think going to tell somebody to lose your number opinion i do have people that reach out to me that i would rather not speak to i just don't write back it's eventually a normal person picks up on pattern like i'm never gonna text aaron Rodgers again because he hasn't responded to me in three text messages so (laughs) that's a pretty clear uh that's a pretty clear statement to me yes you see that's 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 a nice way of saying lose my number without saying lose my number right it, it, it's a little passive aggressive and look he 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 was very straight with you but um yes he was <laughs> he, he and how, by the way how did that make you feel i mean i understand that you've it's become a story but initially you're like shocked it's like you're like slapped and then you're like you know you're you're a little jarred at first of course naturally and then you recognize okay well that's the way uh he responded or chose to respond and all good. And we go on. But like, you're like, whoa. Oh, initially it's like a little jolt. So I'm like, a, I'm a big fan of like, lo- just learning from experiences, good or bad. Right. So it's like, what, what's the lesson that we learned together this last week? Is it, cause I'm not going to not call. Like, all right, I'm not going to call Aaron anymore, but I'm still going to go about it that way. I, I would rather just be told, shoo, go away, go figure out something else. Then, then at least not make the effort, you know? And, and I don't know if you've had conversations with players, GMs, head coaches since then about this, but I've had plenty and I've had tons of players who I know love Aaron and respect him and have said either it was uncalled for or that was really cool that you tried, you know, don't stop doing that. So um, there, there is a, a group in the league, at least that I think believe that, that that's a good way to go about your business, you know? Hey, we tried. We tried in a professional way. We were just trying to do our job. He responded, and we all move on. That's the bottom line to the whole situation. Now we wait to see how this all plays out. Yes. You never want to be the story. We became a little bit of it. Um, I think it made it really fun. It changed free agency for sure. Uh, it was busy. We were tired. I know. You know, another part of this that I think a lot of people don't realize you and I did not actually see any of the interview on Pat McAfee live in the no, moment. We saw no. little blips because we had to do television. Correct. So we were following along on Twitter. And I have to tell you, I'm sitting on the set. I have no idea what just happened. My phone was absurd, right? Everyone's texting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Same thing. What a jerk. Who's this? You know, whatever. Or go Aaron. That was for my brother. Good job. <laughs> you know, just whatever, whatever people were texting to me. Um, I can tell you, Sage Steele, sitting right next to me on the set, 
and she had her phone up and she saw, she saw, I guess, whatever, what was being said. And she grabbed my arm and she said, you are, <laughs> I'll never forget it. She's like, you are where you are. Always go high. And you're always going to go high. We don't go low. And she looked at the camera and they came back to us live. And she goes, what's your response to Aaron Rodgers comments? And, and I realized she did all of that on purpose in the moment to just keep the emotions low because you want to get defensive and you want to say, you know what, you know, that wasn't nice. You want to say all these different things. But at the end of the day, here's the best part about doing what we do. Stick with what we know. You taught me that when I first met you. Stick with the facts. Don't don't extend it. Don't exaggerate. Just go with what you know. And that's and I felt really good about what we knew. And that was it. We were on the set. We watched the beginning. And as soon as he said, I want to and intend to play for the Jets, they ushered us out to do Sports Center, of which I don't know that many people are watching because everybody's tuning into Pat McAfee show at that moment in time. But we were on the set, and all of a sudden, you're exactly right. All of a sudden, I start getting a bunch of texts. We're on some of the same chains. You know, oh my God, he's talking about, oh, he just Talked about the conversation, <laughs> lose my number, and here we go, and we're off and running, and the craziness begins that's still coming. Were you hesitant to tweeting out the text? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I probably did it, I would say, probably, I'm going to guess, six, seven, eight minutes after he called us out and, and announced it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, like, initially, I'm okay, well, do I do it? Do I not do it? And... I asked the opinions of a couple, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. I'm like, okay, great. And so we came up with the, we, we came up with what we should tweet out, which was confirming Aaron Rodgers report with a simple snapshot of the actual exchange. And there we go. Well, I can, I know you've broken a lot of stories in your life, more than a lot, but I'd like to say that that's a top three best text message exchange of whether it's information or just comments that, that may be <laughs> worth, that may be worth printing out and framing. It was, uh, it was memorable. It always will be memorable. It was memorable from the moment I got it and got the jolt that I did to where eventually you shrug it off and recognize that all you're trying to do is to do your job. I was listening to my friend, Diana, reaching out, <laughs> trying to get to the bottom of the situation. This is going to be the takeaway from the listeners. I am not a bully. This was us. We were just, you know what, too? We're, it's a high-pressure situation. And, and we, you know, I if there's any person I wanted to see get the story, it's you. And oh, to sit well, there, it's like, maybe this will get, get the ball over the goal but, line. But it's not even about getting that. So it's just about getting the truth there, figuring out what's right. Because, again, Trey saying, you know, it's done, hearing it's done. And, yes, the part of Aaron Rodgers telling the Jets that he's going to New York is done, but we're still waiting on the trade and we may be waiting on the trade for a while. So again, you're just trying to figure out what's real and what's not as you're about to go on to do two hours of television where you're going to be talking almost exclusively about this particular subject, not hard. And sometimes I find if you just take a chance, you never know You never know what, what you're going to catch. It's happened before. I've shared stories with you where... I had no idea I was stepping into something because I was checking on something out, something else out. And before you know it, oh, yeah. I found out about trade or you hear about a cut or someone retires that you weren't expecting, you know, whatever it is. So um, I'm going to keep throwing whatever the heck I have at the wall and, <laughs> and hope, hope that everything starts sticking, hopefully sticking a little bit more these days.
Well, Diana, I really appreciate you reaching out today. And I have one thing to say before I let you go today. Aside from thank you, don't lose my number. Never. You're one of my favorites in the world. I would never. I will never forget the first time you called me. I was screaming. I was like, oh, now, now I scream. Now I'm like top button. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, thank you. We will see you at the owners meetings in Arizona. And uh, we have a little group date planned for next week, which we look forward to tremendously. Can't wait. Dan Rossini has done a great job for ESPN. We appreciate her time, her insights, her courage, her attitude, her moxie. Again, without her, I don't think I would have texted Aaron Rodgers. And though it worked out the way it did, again, Diana made that possible. And we owe her a debt of gratitude for nudging me along that path, even though it ended with the curt response that we did receive. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. All right, from Diana Rossini, we move on to somebody else in the news. The Chicago Bears' newest wide receiver, DJ Moore, who was a part of that trade, the big trade that sent the number one overall pick to the Chicago Bears. DJ Moore was a first-round pick in the 2018 NFL Draft out of Maryland. He spent the last five years with the Carolina Panthers, and he was, as we mentioned, recently acquired by the Chicago Bears in a blockbuster trade involving the number one overall pick. Hello there, DJ. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you very much for taking the time today. I do appreciate it. Hey, it's no problem. Yeah, I, I guess I can introduce you as the newest Chicago Bear wide receiver, DJ Moore. How does that sound to you? Sounds good. You know, uh, I've been hearing that a lot, so I'm good with it. <laughs> so, t- so take me back to the day that, that it happens, DJ, if you don't mind. Where were you? What were you doing? Were you surprised? What was your reaction? Because I think it came out of nowhere to a lot of people, the trade itself and the fact that you were included in the deal. Uh, it was, I was doing, what was I doing? I was getting packages from my house to take to my other house because I was in the process of moving stuff. So I'm like, uh, it's a normal day. Then I get the call going down my driveway. I'm like, it's, it's Scott, like the Panthers GM. Yep. So I answered. He was like, man, I'm sorry, but this is the only way to deal with it got done. So him and Frank Wright was on the phone. And it was like, uh, I'm a hell of a player and everything. And then they hung up. And then I talked to the owners of the Panthers, Dave and Nicole. And after that, it was Chicago Bears just blowing my phone up back to back to back. And you could feel the excitement and the love from coming from them. Well, that's a strange dichotomy of emotions there, right? Because here's your former coach, Frank Reich, who you never got to play for, really. And 
your former general manager, Scott Fitter, calling you along with the owners to thank you, inform you that you've been traded, and to essentially tell you about your new home. And then you get the Chicago Bears. So what was going through your mind as the Panthers first are telling you that you've been traded? Oh, man. It, it, that that was my – like, I was not even expecting to be traded. I never even thought about being in a trade. So it was like a real shock to me. I was like, whoa. Like, it, it, it hit me so fast. Like, even before I even got traded, I think the report was out. I was just like, what is happening <laughs> right now? So you had no idea, right? And it just pops up like that. And then as you're processing that, then all of a sudden, the Bears call. So when you first heard about Chicago, what was your reaction to that? Uh, I was just like, okay, it's just, it's going to be a new city, new town, new everything, new fans. So I was really excited about it. Like, once I got traded, once I got the news, I was just like, like, I was, like, blown away. But then I was like, all right, this is the business side of things. So let me just focus in, get readjusted to what's going on over here. The Bears is a great organization, so let's let's just go bring my talents to them. So I was just excited about it. When you heard Chicago, what goes through your mind? Cold. <laughs> it is cold, DJ. Hey, let me tell you something. I went to graduate school for a year there. DJ, you're going to be cold. You're going to be cold. <laughs> I'm hearing that, but I'm uh, I grew up in Philly, so it's not too much colder than Philly. I hope not. No, it's it's really not that much colder. It's it is a little windier. When you're by the lake, you'll feel it a little bit more, but if you are from Philadelphia, I think you'll be adjusted to living in Chicago and it's a great city. It it really is a great city. Do you have much experience at all with that city? Um no, not other than we played uh when I was with the Panthers, we played a preseason game there, but other than that, no. You know, that's kind of crazy, right? When you think about that, people go out and get jobs. They get to choose where they want to work. You get drafted in Carolina. And then as you're preparing to move houses in the offseason on a random Friday in, in in February or March, all of a sudden you get a call to find out that you're being traded to Chicago. You have to move to Chicago, a city that you didn't choose, a city you don't know much about, a city you only played in one preseason, and now this is going to be your new home. Like, that phenomena is a little bit odd, don't you, th don't you think, DJ? Yes, it's a bit odd, but it's the business. So, like I said, I didn't have no emotion about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Once I got traded and they told me the news, I was just like, okay, it's all right. But when I got to Chicago, I was a little like uh emotional but then i was like it's a new beginning um get away from what was comfortable and it lit uh, another fire under under my belt now when you got there you went to the bulls game i believe with justin fields and some of your new teammates is that correct correct and what what, what was that what was that like what what do you remember about that night uh, that night was fun. Uh, we all got together. They gave us jerseys. We talked. We talked some ball. We talked about how it's exciting that uh, that we all get to work together, and, and OTAs can't come fast enough, so we all can get on the field at the same time and see and see how things are going to go. So, are you already living in Chicago now, or what is your plan there? Um, no, I'm not. I'm back in Charlotte right now. So, uh, but I'm still, I got to look for a place to live. Like, everything is so new. Like, once I was a rookie, it felt like I'm a rookie again, uh, trying to get acclimated to a new city. 
And how does that happen? Does the organization help you? Do you lean on friends to get that done? What? How do you decide how to do something like this and where to live? Um, it started with the team. The team gave me some great resources that I've been talking to through, uh, throughout the week. Um, and uh, just pretty much just staying in contact with people that are out there and just going to be like people that I can go to, like some of the guys reached out and told me where to live, what's good places to eat, things of that matter. So it's pretty easy, but when I get there, it's going to be the hard part. And when do you plan to go there, DJ? Uh, I plan to be at all the OTAs, so I'm going to be real familiar real fast with everything that's going on. Like I said, great city. Now, when we look back at your NFL career so far, DJ, you have had a different primary starting quarterback in every season of your NFL career so far, Cam Newton, 2018, Kyle Allen, 2019, Teddy Bridgewater, 2020, Sam Darnold in 2021, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker in 2022. What goes through your mind when you hear that long list of quarterbacks that you've played with? Like, uh, people would be like, dang, how you get, how you do – uh, he had a stats with all that, all the quarterback situation going on. I'm just like, they just quarterbacks and my good friends. So uh, just knowing all of them, just having a relationship with all of them made it easy just to play with all of them. Uh, no matter who was going in the game, I knew I had a good relationship with them from practice-wise and off the field-wise. What stands out to you about that list? Um, that they're all, they all were starters at, uh, at one point. And they're all trying to uh, revive their careers and be – be the best quarterback they can be and in this league. Uh, I just saw uh, Baker sign with uh, Tampa Pan. Bay, yep. and Sam got got to go back to the West Coast with San Fran. Cam got his um, doing his pro day with Auburn today, and uh, PJ is in Chicago with me. So it's all it all working up, working out. Uh, and I think Kyle Allen is with the is with Buffalo. So it's all it's all going to according to his plan uh, with everybody in their futures. How much is that helpful, the fact that we got a little bit of a Carolina Bears contingent here between you and P.J. Walker and Deontay Foreman all moving from Carolina to Chicago this offseason? It's pretty it's pretty dope. I'm happy that uh, I don't got to make this trip alone. So I was really ecstatic when I, when I seen those two uh, were coming. And I brought all those quarterbacks. But now you get to play with Justin Fields, who has been electric so far. What are your thoughts about playing with him and your thoughts of him as a quarterback? I'm looking forward to uh, playing with Justin. You know, he's a young, excited quarterback growing, and I'm I'm still growing and trying to uh, prove myself as a receiver, and I know he wants to do the same as a quarterback. Did you guys have any connection before this trade, before you went to the Bulls game together, any interaction or history between the two of you? No, not none at all. When I say I think it even shocked him when I got traded there, so it it was like – uh-oh. Uh, oh, well, let's go be, be uh, QB1, receiver one, and then we got Mooney and Chase. Yep. So it's going to be a good offense to be in. So when you get traded like that and there's no history between you and Justin Fields, does he reach out to you? Do you reach out to him? And what is said for the first time between the two of you? Uh, I think he reached out to me because I was still kind of trying to save phone number on the Bears that was calling me. Uh, in the front office and the coaching staff and then all the players that was hitting me up. So I think he hit me up first, and then we just well, I was excited to uh, 
be together and you just look forward to uh, working with each other. So that was all part of the initial chain where Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer, Nicole and David Tepper all called. The Bears are calling and Justin Fields is trying to get through to you at the same time? Yeah, that all happened at the same exact time. <laughs> maybe not Justin, but maybe the first hour that I had of the trade that yeah. when it happened was like back to back to back to back to back to phone calls. I, I was just, oh my gosh, I didn't understand what was happening. Like I didn't have time to really process the trade until I really got to sit down with my family and was like, whew, that went by so fast, but it felt like so long. And what? And when you do get a chance to process it, what goes through your mind there, DJ? Uh, we got to pick up and move. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, uh, I have a daughter. Uh, my, my son is on the way. And my fiance, uh, you know, they all been troopers. Uh, my son is supposed to be born in July, so oh, the wow. trade and that uh, a crazier time. So you so you now have to find a hospital in Chicago for your fiance to give birth to your son. Yes, she wants to have him in Chicago. So that that uh, so because we had my daughter here in Carolina, yeah, Chicago. So it, it'd be a uh, a wonderful experience. You're going to a new franchise, new organization, new quarterback. What do you expect for yourself in 2023? I expect, expect myself to excel, you know, just keep going up the ladder and helping the team win some games. And I, I'm just looking forward to all the fun and all the wins that's to come. Hey, DJ, I want to thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. Lots of luck in Chicago. Stay warm, get settled in, and good luck in 2023. <laughs> Hey, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. And there is Justin Fields' new number one target, the Chicago Bears' new number one wide receiver, the player they coveted in that deal with the Carolina Panthers, DJ Moore. Well, we've had a lot of football talk on the show, and now a little bit of entertainment talk before we sign on before next week's episode. For starters, if anybody hasn't watched Your Honor, what a great series. It wrapped up. This past Sunday night, the season finale of the second season, and it was outstanding. Major respect for Brian Cranston, everybody a part of that show. If you have not watched Your Honor yet, watch the first season, watch the second season. It was outstanding, intense, dramatic, gripping. Cannot recommend that enough. And then, if I could make another entertainment recommendation, the new movie Air, Courting a Legend. In theaters, April 5th, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, others, Jason Bateman, outstanding. About a month ago, I was invited to the movie premiere in New York City, Monday night, March 20th. And I thought, well, that's the week after free agency, so maybe we could steal away for a couple of hours. I haven't been to the movies in probably four years since pre-pandemic, and even then I didn't even go regularly. But my wife and I were invited, we RSVP guests, and we went into New York City on Monday night. And we watched the movie in a theater and subsequently watched a Q&A that the actors did on stage after. All I can tell you is this movie was superb. Massive props to Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, everybody. In it. It's about Nike courting Michael Jordan to come to its company 
to become the shoe empire that it did and how they were able to recruit and sign him. And it was fantastic. And it was so interesting. So many elements of it. And it comes out April 5th. And again, if you watch your honor and you go see Air Courting a Legend, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Another masterpiece from Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, highly recommended in theaters April 5th. Go see that. All right, we are off this upcoming weekend to the NFL owners meetings in Arizona. The Jets will be attending. The Packers will be attending. Every team will be attending, and we'll see what comes out of those meetings if the two sides are able to bridge any of their differences to finalize a trade for Aaron Rodgers. We want to thank DJ Moore, the Chicago Bears wide receiver. We want to thank ESPN reporter, my friend, my colleague, Diana Rossini. We want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, for putting together another podcast. And we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. We'll be back in this space next week with more information, interviews, and insight. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe.